You've got mail. 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 Welcome to the Everything Email Podcast with Karel Cooper, SVP of the Customer Journey Group, and me, Keisha Stephen Gittins, Content Marketing Manager at Live Intent. So Karel, another month, another episode, and this month we invited Eric Rickerden into the studio to talk everything about programmatic. Now, Eric is the VP of Sales and Programmatic Strategy at Intermarkets. And Karel, you know him quite well, right? Yeah, Eric and I have uh, known each other for a number of years in the space and was really excited um, to uh, do this podcast with Eric. I'm a big fan of his. He's a thought leader in the space. And I think what our, our listeners will enjoy most here is our conversation around identity and how you use data to more effectively communicate with your customers. Yeah, and the thing about programmatic is, as an industry, we're still trying to get better at it. So I was so excited to have Eric on the show. So let's get straight into the conversation. Sure. So I'm actually really excited to have just completed my fourth year with Intermarkets, which is a tremendous company. And even the the story of Intermarkets in the space is quite unique. So we just celebrated our 20th anniversary as a company. So if you think about the Lumiscape and all these companies that are there, they come, they go, they morph and all these things. While we don't really sort of have a place there, we sort of sit on a layer sort of above that. And a little bit about the company, you know, we really work with a lot of partners that you would find on the Lumiscape to be able to maximize the revenue and business operations for all of our publishers. I'm fortunate that when I go to market and I talk with buyers, advertisers and brands and any of our tech partners. We represent one of the largest audiences in the United States. So um, a lot of folks have always known us, especially the Drudge Report and several other sites, for certainly having the scale and the quality that a lot of advertisers are looking for today. I mentioned the Drudge Report, but we have a a site that has a 20-year-old plus URL, which is unique today. So when you're trying to figure out what's premium and how do you reach an established, loyal audience, we can certainly bring that to the table with a 90% direct site-navigated audience. So that's all exciting. But at the same time, I think really helped to make us sort of experts in the space, being able to evaluate a number of partners consistently. And I'm excited to be a part of an amazing team for the past four years. And prior to that, my background was always in digital since 2004. So I'm going to date myself, but I think that's okay. Uh, because I, I call go, it, I go back further than that. Oh, well, so, so we're good. We're good then. We're good. Woo! No, but I call that the year digital saved my life. Uh, it's, it's strange, wow. you know, because I was had a successful print career in newspaper and magazine. But I always remember sort of thinking about like, wow, how do some of my partners know this advertising is working? Right. Right, And then to move into the space only to work in what I believe and many others do is by far the most measurable medium available out there and the most effective, which is exciting. It swung from one way to the other where we measure and can count everything. Right. And that's been exciting. So to some, I'm a digital dinosaur. To others, I could be a little more experienced. But one thing I've learned is that you're always learning in this industry. And, you know, that's where we're fortunate you know, we get to try to stay on top of all those trends throughout the year. So, but so much more to do. And that's where I think it's exciting talking about the space. And as you mentioned, Keisha, just how do we make this easy for Mm -hmm. people to understand? And what would you say is, you know, what are your thoughts on the state of programmatic today? Well, I'll tell you, I'm always excited. And I think just overall, the ecosystem, the community is actually really vibrant. It's positive. 
I will go out and say that I think sometimes what seems really juicy and interesting in the trade pubs is often sometimes the negative side of so many of the tools and so many of the companies that are out there really designed to help solve a lot of problems, right? So you have problems that exist from the advertiser and the brand side and even from the publisher and media company side. And you have a lot of folks who are trying to help figure out a lot of problems and create solutions. But I think it's way more positive and way more successful today, I think, for all sides than you may sort of think, and based on following a lot of the reporting that happens. Mm -hmm. So I will also say that when you think about the space as a whole, it's exciting to think about digital and other mediums, you know, really coming together like audio and broadcast and television and a number of things. And you see those mediums becoming more like digital. It's all connected now. So sometimes it's really appropriate to just almost even throw out the word digital at some point, Mm -hmm. you know. And, And so all of those things coming together with the data and the automation is, like I said, exciting. And the reality, we have to think I have to sort of zoom out for a second and think about the marketing dollars. And, and while not everything is perfect, it sure is way better than it ever was before. And on top of that, if things aren't working, very rarely do people pour more money into it. I mean, this is a basic business thing. So when we think about the budgets that continue to rise across all platforms, that's an indicator that things are better, that things are working, and we're working out the imperfections. Mm -hmm. But when 8 and $10 are going to be spent this way, it's a good thing. Yeah. From from that perspective, right, like you, you talked earlier about uh, a number of different clients that you work with and a, a wide range of clients that you work with. What is their thinking with respect to the state of programmatic and how does that kind of vary a little bit client to client? That's a great question because it's something we're thinking about every single week, every single day from you know, really two perspectives, right? So from the supply and media company publisher side, when we go to market, we're actually thinking more about our buying partners, Mm -hmm. right? And our advertisers and their needs. And so we sort of have to separate the two, but really make it easy to understand. So there's an educational component. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. And we love going out and doing that. And also all of our great partners help to sort of evangelize and teach. And so it makes it easier, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When I say the word easy, I think that's consistent through a number of of areas in in, in our business. We're trying to make it as easy for buyers to buy in the way they want to buy. And I think that's a different position from a lot of other publishers. And I don't mean that it's uh, confrontational or that's not balanced, but if you think about it for years, like when publishers going to market have always been like, here's my rate card, here's the opportunities that exist, mm-hmm. here's the data that we have, here's, right, it's, it's a me, 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 me sort of thing. And because there's so many more insights available at all times, the conversation has had to change completely and really turn into a conversation around technology, a conversation around analytics, a conversation around different paths of entry to supply, and then go back the other direction and then into demand. And so I think we're seeing that there's this big educational component, and now we're seeing folks who are a lot smarter and understand the business, and now they want to transact differently, and they're pouring more into programmatic spending. But there's a lot of progression that we've seen very recently and that's exciting, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, you, you talked a little bit about making it easier for the buyer, right? Instead of the publisher maybe focusing on themselves and their first party data that they have, more about sort of opening the gates a little bit, saying, hey, buyer, we know that you want to execute within our properties 
but also kind of bring along your own data? Is that is that where you're going with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's exciting is that we've always sat on a ton of data. And obviously, God, the word data is so spooky, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it has different every, levels, right? Every, everyone has data, so right? Let's, let's but make it's, it... it's like everyone has an idea, right? At the end mm-hmm. of the day, though, it's about the execution. And right? if we simplify it, there's the data that's like the folks that I know and it's the folks that I don't know, right? And I sort of want to get to know them and the ones I already know these people. So it's like, if I don't know you, I'm going to talk to you a different way Mm -hmm. through my marketing, through my messaging, and just even how I greet you and how we interact. Mm -hmm. If I know you, then we're going to interact in a completely different way and the messaging and everything we do is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the... A lot of the data sort of falls into those two sort of categories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think what's been really helpful for publishers to do is, once again, where I think early phases of publishers organizing themselves around their own data was saying, man, we have all this great subscriber data. We have all this great CRM data. We have all this great data that's ours. It's us. It's our audience. It's, it's all of this. But then when you go talk to your marketer or you go talk to your buying partner, that data is not their first-party data. That's second-party data to them. Mm-hmm. It's still extremely valuable. But we've seen buyers be just a little bit more progressive in terms of how they've organized themselves around data mm-hmm. and being able to execute against that in a variety of ways. And in turn, ask their you know, sort of publisher partners to be able to work with that. Right. And if it works out, in turn, be able to say, hey, I'll pay you more to be able to activate that data in real time because I got to do a number of things on the fly, like optimize, change, I want to bring in different brands, or right. I just want it to be one brand, or whatever it may be. Um, just like we want choice when we go out to go buy, I want to go to Dwayne Reed for this, or if I don't <laughs> yeah. have it there, there's a Walgreens or a CVS or whatever it may be. Buyers want choice too. And I think the most successful publishers today are enabling those choices and still being able to bring that data that's important to them and still be able to successfully operate around that. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you see any trends related to combining data set? Like, Maybe an advertiser does want to bring their own data to the to the marketplace and, and, and target a specific audience, but maybe they don't have enough of it. And maybe that publisher has more of it. So more of a, I guess you can call it a second party relationship between yeah. a publisher and, a, and an advertiser. Yeah, you're certainly seeing that combination of that. And then also I'll say you're seeing advances in trying to organize those audiences in advance as well. So you're now extracting exactly what somebody may want and say, hey, you know, this is what you've been looking for, but I made it real easy for you to find. And then in turn sort of transact and execute that way and be really effective. And then also say, hey, you know, we've got to bring our data together and then we sort of have to make a great stew together. Right, right. I mean, right, you know, and right. it's going to take some time, but it's going to take a combination of ingredients mm-hmm. and it's going to work out, you know. So absolutely, we're seeing so much of that happen. And once again, you know, you know, I think what's great is having both parties come to the table with that and be able to sit down because that's not how it used to happen. Right, before. right, right. So. And then is there, what about the insights around that too, right? Because there's the bringing the data together, there's the onboarding, there's the execution of the campaign, but then there's, is it really working and what... Going back to what you talked about earlier in, in terms of digital being able to measure it, but around like understanding not only is this a male, female, age range, household income, but what other additional interests and likes are you seeing more of that uh, come into the programmatic buying space too, the learnings from the insights? Yeah, and I think when we think about absolutely, as you just described, there's different layers from what I think is more exciting is to see, you know, some of the some of the brand and some of the awareness sort of branding sort of dollars happen, right? right. And you see that in a couple right. different categories. While the web is still really heavy performance-based, it's mm-hmm. just how we started off, it's going to be that way, it's right. measurable. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing what you just described also really exist in that sort of lower function 
funnel component, mm-hmm. you know, as it works its way up, you mm-hmm. know. And so I think upper funnel, lower funnel, that middle is really starting to come together around all of that. So what happens there is just that the technologies are, are, are getting so much better. The algorithms are becoming so much better. All of the marrying of all that data, you yeah. know, now when you start to bring all the different devices together, you start to bring location together, yep. you start to bring all the psychographic stuff together, all the attribution that really is starting to come together a lot better. Mm-hmm. Then you're seeing all the dollars being unlocked around there, right? right. You know, if the, if the advertiser can understand like where it's happening, they'll do more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when it's still really cloudy and they don't know what's going on, they hesitate a bit. Right. But, but yes, you're absolutely seeing that. And, and once again, that's just a progression of everything that we're doing. And I think it's, again, sort of proving that things just keep getting better. We talked about first party data. We talked about second party data, onboarding, insights around it. I think we can probably both agree here that deterministic data is probably the best type of data out there. But not all data is deterministic. So where do you sit and what do you hear in the marketplace from an advertiser and really a publisher perspective about the use of deterministic data versus probabilistic? No, it's a great question because I think you tend to find that all the buzz is around getting almost to this absolute deterministic state. Right. But what we're seeing through buyer expressions and buyers talk with their dollars Mm -hmm. and they talk with their actions is that there needs to be an approach to both. And so probabilistic is still extremely valuable and probably going to take up the lion's share of your budget in terms of scale. So as a brand or as an advertiser, you may have multiple products. And just because you're one brand and you know how to communicate to that one person, there's still discovery that's required. There's still sort of being able to find and uncover new prospects. And so it requires very different approaches. It's certainly happening in digital, and those things have existed in other products. I mean, before, if we think about the old days with, like, direct mail, you know, I mean, it's it's a combination of those things, (laughs) right? It's like, how how do I approach with, uh, I think you might know who, you know, uh, mm-hmm. us and here's these offers or like I definitely know you or you definitely know me and then you have a completely different set of offers. But I still think that even if you're able to exactly pinpoint who your user is and tailor a set of messages and marketing plan around that, you're still always going to need a healthy, strong sort of probabilistic approach as well. I think the idea that you're just wasting your money on everything is not true. But I think certainly brands just want to be smarter about understanding where that's happening. You know, like the old sort of Wanamaker phrase. You know, I I honestly, like, I think it's interesting, but I think we should start moving away from that. Mm. I wish I knew where I'm wasting 50% of my budget. Well, I don't know, man. (laughs) Like, at some point, that stops. Right. right? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying it's today. But as an industry... That's a really progressive way to think is like, how do we get beyond that and start to refine what that is so that it isn't 50? Because maybe it's 20 now. Right. Right. right? Maybe it's 15. Maybe it's 10. And that's where it's going. Right. Right. Gotcha. That was heavy. Wanamaker. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you you raise a good point about sort of the direct mail piece of it too, right? And and in my eyes, that's kind of, we talked about this offline, that's the original people-based marketing. Yeah. Email's the original social. Absolutely. It's it's the best. It's amazing. Yeah. So speaking of people-based and and email, obviously live intent, you know, that's, uh, that's our bread and butter. Talk a little bit about, from your perspective, how you're working with us and how you see intermarkets and moving forward in this people-based conversation. Yeah, sure. I think, first of all, the pedigree and just sort of the 
position that Live Intent has created in the space is tremendous, and it's not often you get to work with a partner like that, and that's exciting. And I think there are so many areas of email to continue to open up, and a lot of that, uh, once again, centered around private deals, yeah. being able to create deals in the exact same way that we've been able to do in you know other exchanges or mm-hmm. SSPs. The ability to do that in email is absolutely there too. On top of that, I think there's a, a number of uh, amazing formats that could be utilized, whether it's almost like a sponsored content or whether it's just actual text or whether it could even be like galleries and features, if you will. So, you know, we've gone bigger on the canvas, right? right. We've got the bigger ads and, and then we've also got the ability to target and we've done a number of things. But there's other areas I think about, too, when it comes to email that obviously display an email is healthy, text and email is healthy yep, yep. and doing more private deals and working with our demand partners that way, and even all of our partners that we connect to those folks with is growing in in strength. I think of things that are underutilized too, like Mm. email list rentals. So in order to be able to capture an email, there are a number of folks who actually want offers delivered to them. I mean, I think sometimes uh, you have to be really respectful of an inbox, Mm -hmm. and that's important, and that's paramount. But There are a lot of people, I do it, I sign up for things, I opt in for things, I have a number of things, and, and we all have this experience where you want an offer sent to you. How do we start to work with these folks, but in a different sense, like through maybe dedicated emails? I mean, here's an area that used to be really big before for folks with healthy subscriber lists. And it's just another way to reach someone with something far bigger than a 300 by 600. And the ability to even tell a different story as an Mm -hmm. advertiser, as a brand. When your canvas is large like that, I start to think of long form sort of branded content or sponsored content. Right. Where now you can even use email to go beyond just that hard offer, right? right you know, there's right. a component there that is real, that exists, and that's creating a deeper affinity with that subscriber through a much larger product that yep. somebody wants. Yeah, that so. was that was pretty much the conversation Keisha and I had on the, on the last podcast uh, yeah. around using email to continue the conversation with yeah. your customers. Yeah, yeah. And video yeah. and a number of other things, you know, set themselves up perfectly for yeah. another entry point into being able to consume that or audio and a number of things. So those are the areas I'm excited about to continue to explore. And just because they're not easy to do or if they're really easy, like I want to test it. I want to tackle the hard things. And those are the areas that I think are going to be sort of like blossoming in in the near future. When you think about predictions and the future of programmatic, what is in store for Native? Yeah, it's a great question because we're thinking about it a lot and not only thinking about it, but really talking with our buy side partners about the types of budgets they're dedicating mm-hmm. to that. So mm-hmm. obviously one of the biggest indicators of what's going to happen is budget moving that way. And we're certainly feeling the lift for that particular sort of execution in all of its forms. Mm-hmm. And buyers are dedicating specific budgets to those executions. So I think it's exciting and you're just going to continue to see display evolve mm-hmm. in that way. You know, people say the banner's dead and all these other things. I disagree completely. I think they evolve. Mm -hmm. They are different formats. And maybe some of the traditional sort of sizes that we knew may change or stick around. They're great entry points into very specific environments. They're great workhorses that are absolutely needed. Native and email. And yeah, absolutely, right? <laughs> and then when we think about some of the, the native that's like sponsored content mm-hmm. or even long form and a number of different formats there, you know, that's an area where, once again, buyers are 
planning to spend heavy around this, and they're already doing it. Mm -hmm. What we're seeing is growth there. And we're seeing a number of buyers build custom integrations to be able to execute. We're seeing actually an interest in sort of unique and proprietary sort of units, because I think we have a lot of standardized stuff already. And so I think a lot of that continues, the investment continues there because the performance is strong. Yeah. If something's performing three to seven X better, you tend to do more of it, yeah. right? Yes. And and so yes. you know, this is what our brands and our advertisers are really focused on. And once again, being able to execute that in a programmatic form is critical. It's not easy, again, but that's not why we do this, right? Right. I mean, we'd have a different occupation, but all the signs are there that it's going to continue. And maybe that term even sort of goes away. Yeah, I mean, you talk about budgets. Everybody cares about the money, right? And the dollar, <laughs> the dollar signs. And um, I believe in 2016, it was reported that programmatic ad spend surpassed television. And you mentioned earlier with big brands spending even more money in in digital. Traditionally, they would have spent a lot more money in television. And I think eMarketer also predicted that this year, programmatic spend would be near $33 billion, which is crazy. It's a great number. <laughs> it's a great number. No, I mean, I could do a lot with $33 billion. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, you know, I think it's, it's exciting to certainly see that growth. There are numbers, and when you, you know, I, I looked back, because you're always read these predictions. Right. And, yeah. Does that really happen? And yeah. the reality is yes. And sometimes they get it wrong in the right way. It's like less, you <laughs> yeah. know, I, I, no, I mean, like they, they under report where, where it ends up being. Right. Oh, and that's, okay. you know, right. they're trying to make great predictions. E-Mark are a tremendous job and a number of others, yeah. but they're trying to anticipate these trends that are going to happen and put a hard number on mm-hmm. it. But they do a great job of being able to sort of chart that and figure out where it's going to go. And sometimes you end up seeing that it's more, you know, and I think that's exciting for everyone. Once again, all those things are coming together as the user and the end user is just choosing to consume across a number of channels at any given moment. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think of my own living room and we all experience it with others and you've got five devices going on. Now the key is, can you connect it all? Right. (laughs) And so, and that's happening too. It's not as broken as people say. You just have to be able to work with a number of different ways to measure it mm-hmm. and then somehow tie it together. And I think sometimes also in the space we talk about just like one true system that brings everything together. What if it's never that way? Very rarely does that exist where you just have one thing that you do and it all happens through that one pipe. Mm-hmm. Right? right. So maybe right, we right. sort of need to reimagine what our expectations are right. and get it down to three, four things, you know, instead of 17. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, that would be an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> Before we wrap up, 2018, it's fast approaching. What are some of your final thoughts, challenges, predictions, anything when you think about 2018 and programmatic? Yeah, no, I, I think you're going to continue to see a number of the story around header integrations and things like that, it's it's not done, mm-hmm. you know? And right. so now you have people trying to write that off. Our love industry loves to just move on to the next thing and forget <laughs> things are happening, you know? Sometimes we move on to the next thing before we even finish finished the yeah. last thing. Right. <laughs> and and what, I, what, I, what I'm excited to, to see in the year ahead is uh, I'll take a step back and, and not just make it about maybe a product or things like that. 
what I'm seeing, I'm really big about community in our space, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm really big about spending time with our buy side partners. And when we're talking with them, not just about like, how much budget do you have? You know, can you steer somewhere this way? Whatever it is, is it working? Is it not? And understanding like, what their needs are, but also spending time with other media companies and publishers. Mm-hmm. There was a time where people used to duke it out with each other. If you're this paper and you're this, those, those days are over. Far you know? Yeah. And so what you can do now is build big community. And when you build community, you actually gain a lot of insights and understandings and be able to go to market better mm-hmm. together, right? Solve problems together. And we have a number of partners that are trying to bring us all together to solve some of these problems, but some of them we can solve on our own. Mm-hmm. And so what I think you're going to see in, in 2018 is better collaboration with a number of publishers and media companies and also better collaboration with buyers. And buyers and sellers, uh, I believe, are closer together today than ever before, and that's only going to continue. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that happens because of our partners. Right. They help us to understand what's happening, make connections, introductions, be a place for the business insights to happen. And then buyer needs to still go talk to seller. Seller still needs to talk to buyer. And that relationship will continue to grow. I think you're going to see a lot of media companies that were probably really sort of stiff and not able to be nimble. That's changing. So you're going to see a lot of dexterity and a lot of nimble, reactive teams start to lead the way across a number of publishers. So Mm -hmm. I'm talking with them all the time. We are certainly one of them and being leading the way there, which is what I think helps to make us extremely successful, is being able to do all of those things. So you know, those are some of the things that I see coming. I think all the predictions you see across a number of things, those are pretty accurate mm-hmm. when it comes to trend lines and spending and things like that. Consolidation and all those things. Yeah. I think really you see a uh, folks are either going to the left or to the right a little bit more on Illumiscape, but it's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, some folks will come and go. But, but uh, you know, I like to focus a little bit more on just like how the space is interacting with each other mm-hmm. overall. And I think that's where you're going to see a lot of progress. Okay. And, I, and I will say that Eric does throw some of the best happy hours. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and not because, not only because the drinks are good, because they always are, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the people that come to Eric's happy hours are very smart people in the space and willing to collaborate. Oh, so I great. always thank enjoy you. going no, to your happy if, hours. If it's okay with you, I, and I thank you for that. That's uh, building community, having folks yeah. like you uh, be there. Is, is great because we're all under one roof and, and a good buddy of mine, Michael Prasad, really yes. started the New York City Programmatic Happy Hour. And from there I learned, I said, hey man, this is great. How do I do this back home in, in D.C.? DC yep. And then we combined forces here and then now we have, a, I think, one of the greatest sort of organic get-togethers and it's a place where people can be curious. They don't have to know all the answers. Mm-hmm. They can connect with other people. And I don't know if a lot of business gets done. I don't. That's not the purpose mm-hmm. of it. However, I do know that meaningful connections happen they do, all the yep. time. And you know what? Who doesn't want a glass of wine or a beer with it too? So, right? but, I do. or both. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but thank you for 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 that. And and uh, Mike and I are always always grateful for everyone that comes out, and we're going to continue to do it. Thank you. Well, on that note, you know, community, connections, seems like love and world peace. I love it. <laughs> but on that note, you know, Better thank you. Better than doom you. and gloom, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> right, we, right we got right. enough of that. Yeah. Right, so. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming today to talk to us about programmatic and everything else that comes under that. And thank you to our listeners for listening. Our pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care, everyone.